Konnichiwa, Mia-san. Welcome to the Tachiyomi Podcast. How's it going, Benjamin? It's going very good. How are you? I'm doing great. Ladies and gents, thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We're really excited to be talking about、uh, One Punch Man this episode, too. So, this will be part two.、Um, so, up and, so, needless to say,、uh, we'll be talking about parts that are after the season one of the anime. We'll be talking about、uh, manga and a lot of the parts that will happen in season two. So, spoiler alert, warning, just saying, throwing this out that if you want to watch the anime and you really, really don't want to know what's going to happen next, then maybe, maybe it might not be best to watch this. But for those who have read the manga or for those who really want to talk about what in here、um, about One Punch Man, keep listening. So, yeah.、Um, all right, Benjamin. So, where did, we, where did season one end、uh, in the story? It ended after the aliens invaded. So Saitama defeated all the aliens, and that's basically where it ended. Yeah, cool. So maybe we can talk a little bit about just、uh, give a general plot summary of kind of what happens in the next、um, basically 40 or 50 chapters of the manga. And、um, I'm not sure if all of it, but I know a majority of it will be going into season two of the anime. So yeah. So after、um, he, he defeats the aliens, then、um, he, meets, he meets this hero king.、Uh, we know a little bit about him. He's supposed to be the strongest human, but we kind of find out that he's an imposter, that he is considered one of the strongest heroes of all time, but he got to that place by basically Saitama. He,、uh, Saitama would defeat all the heroes, but King would, always, would just happen to be at the right place at the right time, and he would get a lot of the credit for it. So he became one of the strongest heroes with basically through misunderstanding.、Um, what's up? You said you defeated all the heroes, but monsters. Oh, yeah. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. I meant monsters. So, yes, he did not defeat all the heroes. He, def-、um, he defeated all the monsters. So, after King,、um, what happens next? Yeah, so basically, the next one is.、Um, Garo introduction arc. So that's where we meet a villain called Garo, right? And what、yes. do we know about Garo? We, at this point, we really don't know much about him. We'll figure out later, but at this point, he is just、uh, a human that wants to be a monster. So, in a sense, he is a villain, but like he wants to be not just a regular human, he wants to be more. He wants to be more sinister, more evil, more. Just more stronger than anyone else. That's, that's his goal, in a sense. So. Yeah. So when we meet him, he's kind of, we, we know that he's the, the strongest disciple of Bang. That's right. And he gets kicked out of the dojo, basically, because he's become too strong. But、um, he also starts、uh, fighting against humans. So it's really interesting. This is the first character we really meet who's a human who wants to become a monster. So that's really interesting. So then after that,、uh, he. He is recruited to the Blizzard group.、Um, Blizzard is a really top, high ranking hero, and she wants to have Saitama in her team,、uh, but he refuses that. And then afterwards is the Hero Hunt arc, so this is where we really start seeing Garo a little bit more, right? Yes,、um, Garo starts, well, literally hunting heroes, so he finds heroes, especially stronger heroes, and he just、um, defeats. 
these strong so-called you know A rank and S rank heroes kind of left and right, and everyone starts to panic. And they had, which they had absolute faith in these heroes, and yet they're they're losing against this guy that they have no idea who he is. Yeah, so it's really interesting. He he basically takes out a lot of the top ranking heroes, right? I think like A ranks and even a few S rank heroes too. Yep, he took out um, the tank top master, and then he takes out. Well, I guess he technically takes out. Um, he the, defeats the metal bat guy, right? Yeah, yeah, he takes the metal bat. I guess I don't mm-hmm. know if that counts, but yeah, yeah he, he I almost do. did. Yeah. So then while he's fighting the heroes, um, it gets even worse for the heroes because all of a sudden um, a rival faction or it's it's called the Monster Association shows up. And it's really interesting because up until now, the monsters have been attacking indiscriminately. But for the first time, it's almost like organized crime. The Hero Association, the Hero Association... They are facing off against this monster association. So the monsters are starting to team up and working together to fight against humanity. So it really changes the way uh, humans and heroes fight against the monsters. And it, again, this is also why this is also why Garo is hunting down the heroes. So it's a really bad spot for the heroes. The cities are getting destroyed by the monsters. They have they don't even have enough heroes, and the few heroes that are left are getting defeated by Garo. So it's in a and it's in a rough spot at that time. So while all these monsters are running amok and carrying out the evil plans, of the Monster Association, uh, where's where's Saitama? Well, um. Saitama is actually, he hears about this um, martial arts tournament and he decides to, he quote-unquote wants to experience martial arts. So he decides to um, uh, enter in this tournament. And the reason why he thought of this is because there's this guy that was, um, his name is Chiranko, and he he was uh, Bang's, one of his disciples. He was very weak, but he was one of his disciples. And he was, he was also kicked out. But um, Saitama sees the tournament ticket or entry, so he decides to enter in the tournament and experience what true martial arts is. So in a way, it's almost he's still continuing that quest. He's still bored with everyday life, and he's trying to see if like martial arts is going to give him uh, more of a challenge than fighting against heroes. In a way, so he joins that. And then after, um, inevitably, of course, Saitama wins. But the Monster Association by then has shown its true, true strength to the Hero Association. So the, and they also, at the same time, they managed to kidnap one of the Hero Association's uh, top executive's children. So now there's a hostage situation. And the heroes are going to have to go off in this final showdown. Or they're going to have to try to go rescue the child um, while trying to defeat this Monster Association. So that's basically where the manga leaves off. Um, oh, during this time, Garo fights against Saitama a few times. Naturally, uh, Saitama wins every time. But uh, he, he's progress- as he's fighting against both humans and monsters, he's progressively becoming more and more stronger, but also more and more like depraved or more and more evil, kind of, in a way. He's becoming more and more of a monster, I think, through the, like, this process as he's fighting both the heroes and the monsters. Um, yeah, so that's basically the plot summary of where the manga is ending right now. 
Uh, we still don't know what's going to happen with that. Uh, right now, the battle is ongoing between the Monster Association and the, hero so- the Heroes, and we still don't know the ending yet. Now, with the webcomic version, the original one that the author has writing, I think this part has ended. So people have read that. You probably know how it's going to end. But uh, at this point, we don't know what's happened to Garo. We don't know what's happened to those heroes who are in that final showdown with those Monster Association. And we're all waiting for Saitama to show up to and see uh, if he will destroy everyone with one punch again. So that's uh, that's the general plot of what's happening so far. Benjamin, is there anything I've missed or that you want to add to that uh, plot summary? I, I think that's pretty much what's happening right now. And it's still, it's kind of drawn out, but they're still fighting um, with the Monster Association right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, why don't we talk about some different things this time, uh, especially since we've, uh, in this uh, ver- in this second half of the story, I guess we meet a lot of new characters, and a lot of uh, interesting themes uh, come up, I think. So, um one of the things uh, I, I'm curious I'd like to talk to you is I, I'd like to talk about uh, Garo a little bit more because Garo does, definitely doesn't show up in the first season, but he shows up in the second uh, half. And he's a major character in this, in this fight leading up to the Monster Association. He plays a major role. Um, so I guess one of my questions to you is, do you think Garo is really evil? He seems to be trying really hard to be a monster, and he's fighting against all the all the heroes. But do you think he is a monster? Do you think he's really evil? I think that's really difficult to say. It's it's not necessarily clear. It's kind of like in Murky, though. It's just more like um, I think that Garo is at this point he's still a human, but like he. Um, he's he really wants to be a monster because he's always he's always saw that um the heroes are like the so called good guys were like weren't actually good and that he saw the villains as you know the he thought they he didn't understand why they were being always discriminated against and always they were the ones that were being defeated and he uh starts question that and he he's always had this attraction towards um the monsters so he decides that he wants to also become a monster um and he starts training and he picks up um bang's martial arts but he he's still I would say he's still human, but at the same time, like, he is very not human, and um, he's trying to throw away that human side of himself in order to get stronger. But yeah, compared it's with the other, like. It's interesting because I think that uh, Garo. In a way, I, one of the reasons I think he's attra- not attracted, but he wants to become a monster is because he's d- become disillusioned with heroes. He sees how a lot of the heroes are very hypocritical, that um, although they're the good guys, they're often, they don't do really good guy things. A lot of them 
Um, they take advantage of their hero status to get richer. Uh, they take advantage of their status to become more famous, more popular. And that a lot of the things that they're doing is basically like a bully. They're bullying people who are lesser than them. And he gets really, I think he sees how the hypocrisy basically of a lot of the heroes in society. And that's one of the reasons why. Um, and he also, he always, he's, he, he sees it from the other perspective. It's true. He questions like in the stories, the heroes always win and the villains always loses. And he's asking like, why has people never really thought about the story from the villain's perspective? Um, what would you feel like if you were always the one who is being defeated, if you're always being the villain? So it's really interesting. I think what throws another wrench into this is that kid that he saves, right, Benjamin? So, like, he saves his kid. What do you, what do you think about that whole part? I think that he's really conflicting inside, even though he wants to be a monster. And also, like, they, they order to, like, they order him to kill that kid. And he's like, no. And, like, I won't, you know, he kind of talks, says that, like, I'm, I'm more like, you know, this isn't the kid. It's more from Lee. And like, I don't, I don't want to take your guys' orders or like follow you guys. So, and he says that like, it's more for himself, but I feel like inside he's, he still actually is human and he actually cares for a humanity, but he doesn't like the hypocrisy, like you said. And that's why he's really conflicting, even though he's trying to become a monster. Yeah, so it's an interesting thing about Garo, too, is even though he's trying to become a monster, he hasn't actually, like, killed any humans or really done anything wrong, too. Like, he, he keeps fighting against the heroes, and he keeps defeating them, and he keeps getting stronger and stronger. But of all the times, like, he's fighting against heroes, he never he never killed any of the humans. And, like, this child, too... Uh, he's given several multiple opportunities to save this child who keeps getting in trouble and he saves him each time even though he comes up with different excuses and like you were saying there's that moment where the monster association orders him to kill the child to see if he's really willing to become a monster or not and he doesn't do it so it's it's really interesting I don't know how you can classify Garo he's not really an anti-hero because he's not a hero I guess maybe you could call him an anti-villain because he's kind of like a he's technically a villain but he's also kind of opposed to being a villain like in some ways he's opposed to doing villain stuff um, I, I, I would really agree with that that he's kind of the new category of anti-villain because mm -hmm. he's if you weigh him on the scale of good or bad or like well, I mean, it is the question of what is good or bad, but, like, he tends to lead more to the monster side. Like, he wants to be, like, the villain. He wants to be the guy that beats the heroes. But, like, again, like you said, a very good point is that he actually never killed anyone. He's never, like, caused any destruction like the other monsters do. Like, he, he just fights against heroes that are strong. And he's, I think he's trying to prove himself in a sense that, like, He's, mm -hmm. like, anyone can, like, do what they really want to if they apply their mind and, like, stick with it. And, like, he... 
I guess you can say he is kind of a hypocrite too, in the sense that he says he wants to be a villain or like a monster, but he still saves the kid. So like, I, but it's well, I don't know. You can you can say he, exactly. I think that's the whole point of this character, Garo. He he throws an interesting wrench into that black and white world of like heroes versus villains because he really shows you that in a way he's kind of like a villain who has morals and in that way we've we've seen heroes without morals and now villains with morals and basically kind of the whole his his purpose almost seems to be the fact that a hero or villain good or evil a lot of that depends upon the perspective of which you're looking at it uh in a way you know uh, you know there's the famous saying that history is always written by the winners and but if you look at history from a loser's perspective oftentimes you see a drastically different story and i feel like one of the things he does is kind of not shine a light on villains because villains are still a lot of a lot of the other villains anyway they're still very much evil But, um, nice. <laughs> uh, they're very much evil, but Garo, um, kind of throws a wrench in that and basically proves that a lot, a lot of things depend upon the viewpoint and that there's no perfect heroes. And at the same time, there are villains who aren't really kind of villains. So, yeah. I think know. it's like that you can't generalize i mean you can't generalize anything but especially it's trying to question you like because you're a hero you're not good and because you're a villain you're not bad i feel like it's kind Mm -hmm. of like you said it's adding that wrench of like you know one side isn't always like good or one side isn't always bad so i think that makes this a lot more interesting in the second part because first part was more I feel like focused on Saitama and now it's shifted more to Garo. Like he mm-hmm. is kind of like the main character in this arc and like it follows who he fights all that. And like Saitama is kind of on the side, like doing whatever he wants. So yeah. Yeah. You were also mentioning it's interesting comparing him with the hero sweet mask. So the hero sweet mask is in many ways, he's supposed to be a hero, but he's not very likable. Is he? He's one of those heroes who's using his status to become very famous and popular. And like when you really get to know him as a character and as a person, he has really questionable judgment and morals in a way. He's like he's willing to sacrifice he's willing to sacrifice people or casualties. He he doesn't have any compassion, which is such an important thing for a hero to have, really, I think, is to have compassion, and he doesn't have anything. It's just simply, he's incredibly unforgiving, um, and he sees himself as the execution, you know, like, uh, the judge and executioner of justice, basically, this end-all, be-all. So it's really interesting comparing Garo to guys like this hero, Sweet Mask. Yeah. I, I think it's really interesting that Sweet Mask is, like, he doesn't, like, when he was told to, like, go capture the monsters alive, he's like, no, like, I, all evil must be destroyed. And he has that, like, very narrow mindset, in a sense, that, like, mm-hmm. you know, villains are evil, and they should be given no 
mercy, no second chance, and he's very. It's I've they're very contrasting. Garo, like on the other hand, like he's a villain, but he still saves the kid, and he has in a sense compassion, even though like he refuses it and he hides it all the time. He has that maybe in a sense deep compassion, and like I. It might sound weird, but he might be connecting the kid with himself as when he was young. So, like, that might be why mm-hmm. he actually cares for the kid. But, like, Sweet Mask is just, like, he is doing it for the fame and for the power. And he he wants to control, like, other people. And all. Like, it's very, it's very visible and how he acts and what he says. And that really is very interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess we can move on to the next thing. We've talked about Garo quite a bit. I mean, fascinating character. Definitely one of the most main characters in the second part. Um, Another question is... um, So, we see in the second arc, we meet this character called Glasses. And originally, so he's part of this hero group called the Fubuki Group, which is a group of heroes who are led by this uh, psychic power hero called Fubuki. But all the group, all the people in the group, they're really weak, but they bound together to try to become stronger. And initially, he's part of that group, but he eventually breaks away because he realizes it's it's no use, it's no good, even if you're just following around people aimlessly. They eventually, like, if you want to become something in this world, you need to take your destiny in your own hands, and you need to start making decisions on your own. And he becomes a hero, and part of that is inspired by meeting Saitama. And um, being with Saitama. So he starts to train and follow Saitama in, in a way. 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, and 100 squats. Then a 10-kilometer run. Do it every single day. And so he becomes a lot stronger, too. Uh, then originally he starts out as an incredibly weak character, but he becomes a strong, stronger character as the story goes on. So an interesting thing, an interesting question I guess I wanted to get to is do you think characters, other characters besides Saitama can get stronger or, you know, like Saitama or become almost similar to Saitama's strength? At least we see an example here of a character who is following in Saitama's footsteps in a way and it seems to be having, there seems to be some results. What do you think? Do you think there there will ever be other heroes as strong as Saitama? I think it's very interesting how Saitama, like like you said, inspired like the glasses, but like not also him, but like when he met King for the first time, and King finally like says that he isn't actually that strong. You know, everything was a facade that he never actually had the strength, or he wasn't that strong. And then Saitama then tells him, like you know. Why don't you just get strong? And you could see that, like, in a sense, spark a king. And, like, you don't see immediate change, but, like, it is, like, how he thinks. His mind, there's, I feel like there's a slight change in his mindset. And then, of course, glasses is very apparent. He starts training, too. And, like, Saitama is, like, impacting them more positively. And, like, I think there is a possibility that there will be someone, like, as strong as Saitama, maybe potentially later on. Yeah. it. I think you bring up a really good point. Saitama as, like, 
as childish and as comedical and as like overpowered and as ridiculous as a character and person in the end he he inspires a lot of people he's you know he becomes good friends with Moomin Raida uh one of the few people who is grateful for Saitama he he inspires King King like you were saying I didn't I forgot about that but that's right he 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 comes face to face with his own fraud and he admits hey like I am not the hero that everyone thinks. But Saitama, Saitama doesn't care. He's like, yeah, that's that's fine. Uh, but you can change. And then this character glasses to this hero. He also, after meets Saitama, he's inspired by him. So that's, that's really interesting. But also, I'm curious. Like, I feel like this whole manga, the whole premise of the story is of this character, the Saitama, that's overpowered. That's not just overpowered. He's basically unbeatable. He's the most powerful being in the universe probably and nobody's gonna ever be able to beat him and i feel like that's the character he is do you think it'll like i i don't know i'm curious i'm i kind of wonder if it might mess up the story a little bit if there are other if if there are ever any other heroes as strong as saitama because the whole point of saitama is that he is the strongest guy and it's just that a lot of people don't realize it or don't know it do you think it'll mess up the story if there are other heroes as strong as him I think it'll make it interesting because it finally gives Saitama a purpose because up until now, he's like, he's just fighting like, you know, he's he's a hero because it's his hobby and, you know, he really doesn't put any effort in anything. He's very lazy um, in that sense. And, like, he... You never see him train ever since, like, he got overpowered. But I was just looking back at it, like, um, where... Um, glasses comes out again and it says like i think it was interesting that the writer put in that like you know there is great potential in him like he's been training um after he left the hubuki group and then um he's he's been very like um improving rapidly and i think there's a potential that glasses might it's just hypothetical like personal you know opinion very biased but i think that it might be that glasses might come to Saitama's level and they might like maybe face off but uh, I don't know like in a sense like change Saitama's view and like it might it might not I understand that point that like this the reason why this comic is so interesting is that it's because Saitama is ridiculously overpowered and that like that kind of runs the show like you know there's all these other people you know you get introduced to the heroes uh, monsters yeah and, you know yeah. you kind of gra- mm-hmm. grow attached to them but then Saitama just comes in and just, you know, knocks everything down, you know. You know, all, like, the drama that's built out, he just, you know, ends that with one punch, just like... And, like, it's very anticlimactic in that sense. But, like, I think it would be interesting by adding, like, glasses or maybe someone else that's, like, as strong as Saitama, like, finally give it that kind of battle manga taste where, like, there is a rival and, you know, they're actually trying to, like you know, get stronger, and, like, there's a contrast in that sense. That's, that's, you bring up an interesting point that I didn't think about, because I initially disagreed with you. I thought that, in a way, the whole story is set around Saitama being the most powerful person, so if anyone ever becomes as strong as him, it kind of changes the story, the fundamental element of what this story is about, about someone who's a Superman, and everyone else is normal, and, um... I thought it would fundamentally change the story, but in, in it, I guess 
if someone does, you're right, it would change the story, but maybe it's not as negative as I thought. You're right. Because in many ways, Saitama has not grown. Like, all this, it's interesting because all the side characters, all like the other heroes or the villains, Genos, for is a great example of a characters who are growing. You see growth in him throughout the story. He becomes stronger, he becomes wiser, he becomes a better hero as the story grows along. Everyone changes throughout the story except for this character Saitama. He basically throughout the story more or less stays the same character. Uh, he has never grown. And in many ways it's not really his fault because for a person to grow, they need to come in to contact with conflict. There needs to be conflict uh, that they need to overcome. And by overcoming that conflict, you you can't overcome that conflict with who you are currently. You need to change yourself in a way. You need to grow. There needs to be growth to overcome conflict and to defeat it and to come out the other side. And Saitama just never encounters that conflict, anything that can potentially grow him as a character. So he always basically stays the same character. But maybe, like you're saying, if someone ever rises to his level, then maybe it will spark that fire in him again. Maybe it will uh, give him more purpose and it will be a chance for him to change and grow as a character. So, I guess another question that would be interesting too is there's a lot of heroes that we haven't really met yet. Like, one of the characters I'm really interested in is this character, Blast. He's supposed to be the number one hero, but we haven't met him yet. What do you think of Blast so far? I mean, there's not much to that we know about him, like you said. And, like, he's, like, this mysterious, like, you know, number one ranked hero. And, like, no one has, like, any idea who he is. And it's, like... um He's the strongest, yet we haven't seen him at all. And, like, I... He's very, like, mysterious, of course. Um, yeah. Yeah, one of the interesting things, there's very few we know about him, very little we know about him. One thing we know is that he defeated the Elder Centipede, which is one of the ma- one of the huge villains of the Monster Association, one of the strongest monsters in the Monster Association. And all the heroes can't defeat him, except Saitama, of course. But, um, so one of the most strongest monsters up until that point, we know Blast has defeated that monster once in the past. And I think the only other thing we really know about him is that he was the one who inspired the hero Tatsumaki to become a hero. So he saved her when she was a child. But besides that, we just really don't know anything about Blast. I guess, interesting, do you think Blast is stronger or weaker than Saitama? I guess at this point we don't know, but... I would say that Saitama was able to, like, defeat, like, the, um... Elder Centipede? The Elder Centipede. But, like, Blast just, like, kind of forced him into hibernation or whatever. You know, like, he was able to run away. And then... Oh, so the Elder Centipede survived versus Blast is what you're saying. Yeah, um, So, if you, if you... Like I said, there is so little that we know about him, so there's very difficult to say which is stronger if you don't know anything about it but like i would say yeah like one of those two things we know about or two or th- a couple things you know about it, like just seeing that like saitama was able to defeat the elder centipede so like maybe saitama might be stronger but like you don't know you don't know at what point that was at it could have been like blast was like a kid and he defeated this yeah elder centipede like we really don't know so mm-hmm. and like 
it's but I think it's very he's a very interesting character and he gives this kind of like it says like uh he he keeps the readers like questioning you know who is he like is he stronger than Saitama like we, like we're just saying, yeah. is he like is he what who is he what is he like and that kind of builds anticipation and I think that's good in that sense that he hasn't been revealed yet but yeah another thing that's interesting about Blast is basically he's he not that he's gone missing but but well that's basically what he is I wonder why he never shows up the hero association often calls upon him for help but for some reason he he never he never responds when they call um, the story kind of says that he shows up when he wants to show up and he fights only when humanity is on the brink of you know destruction basically um, but because he's such a super powerful he because he's the most powerful hero and because he has saved humanity so many times in the past he's given leniency in a way, you know, the Hero Association lets him do whatever he wants. I, I wonder what made him, like, why he's gone, why he's missing in action, in a way. It, yeah. That, that's, that's interesting. We just don't know much about Blast at all, I guess. Another thing, too, is another hero is Metal Knight. Yeah, he, I was thinking about that. Yeah, go ahead. He's, he's like, he's the seventh if I remember correctly, he's the seventh in the S rank, and like, um, ever since he destroyed the meteorite, he, you know, he was used to be eight, but he was now seventh, but like, we, at that moment, we kind of see the guy that might be operating him, like, he kind of had like, go, like, you know, you kind of see his mouth and all that, but like, you don't, you don't see, you know, you kind of see his lower half of his face, but like, you really don't, again, we don't know about him that much, but like, we could kind of understand what kind of person he is still because there's a lot more material and like uh, things to look at about him. Like he's, is I could say he's very selfish, maybe hero in that sense that he pretty much does whatever he wants. He comes whenever he wants. He leaves whenever he wants. And you know, um, when the first time we see him at the meteorite, like Jenis asked him to like cooperate, but he's like, no, I'm just gonna do whatever I want, and like. I'm gonna. I'm only here to test my new, newly developed weapons, and I don't care if I die because you know, it's just this, this machine. This is just a robot. robot. Yeah, it's yeah. just a machine. Mm-hmm. And like he, he really doesn't care about other people at all. And um, you know, the other time he appears, like again, every time he appears, he's just, you know, comes is out of the blue, and like he just does the experiments, or he like collects certain, you know. After the alien invasion, he just collects all the pieces and then just takes it and like. But uh, I remember another thing when they're planning their raid against the Monster Association and they're tra- they're arguing about what to do about the hostage, how to save him, and Metal Knight is basically like, "Oh, what we need to do is just sacrifice the kid and make sure that none of the monsters escape and like just just destroy all the monsters in the Monster Association at the same time." And he says, like, just sacrifice the kid. He's like, I don't know, like, he's very, he's willing to make sacrifices with human lives. And he's, I guess in a way you could also argue he's very practical. Who knows? Realistic. He he is. He's, he's saying, he's basically saying that the survival of like a town or, you know, humans or the survival of the other people, the great may basically justify sacrificing the few. It's but like, in a I, way, that's 
that's oh sorry go ahead no i was saying that like i think it's that typical like thing it's like it was it whether the mean or the pro like the um is it the oh, i can't say it it's like whether you should um put more importance in like the means of how to do it or like the you know end result like he he puts more like emphasis on like you know it's for a greater good like some sacrifices are necessary and like again that could be debated on you know again that's really difficult topic but yeah sorry what were you trying to say so i think the thing about metal knight too is that he's exactly the kind of hero that Gato really doesn't like because he is this hero that is selfish practical and very much willing to not save people or sacrifice people if he judges that if he believes his judgment is better because one of the problems i think about this argument is like when you when you say it's it's such a difficult thing to say but when you're saying the survival of the great uh justifies the sacrifice of the few I guess the big question is why do you get to decide that? Why do why are you the one who's able to judge that? And I think Metal Knight in a way he 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 decides that judgment, but why is his judgment correct? Why should we go with his what he thinks is the greater good? Why should we not save the few? And I think that's an interesting perspective. I really agree with that, and I think it's very interesting. He, they're both. He's really similar with um, Sweet Mask in that sense. Both mm-hmm. of them are kind of like, in a sense, playing God. Like they're deciding who should die and who should live in that sense, and like they're very selfish. And Garo, on the other hand, is like he really dislikes that. He dislikes the hypocr- hypocrites, and you know he's he's very selfless in that sense. Like he, like even his like own like you know his main goal of becoming like the strongest villain in that sense is because he was kind of sympathetic to the villains being defeated and in that sense he i mean you could say it's for himself but i feel like it's a bit deeper than that and he actually you know cares a lot more than you know he might appear the difference between him and the other guys is like Metal Knight or Sweet Mask, they're not willing to put their their own lives on the line in order to save people. Whereas Gato is like when he Gato was willing to place his life on the line to save that kid. And I think that's a really good point you bring up. He's willing he's willing to be selfless in that way. So again, just another thing that really makes this Gato character difficult. And a lot of these heroes interesting too. Um I guess a thing that's interesting too I find is that this a lot of this One Punch Man runs the whole story since Saitama there's no conflict with him there's no villain that he can really fight that will match his strength or like you were saying that gives him enough of a conflict for him to grow and change as a character that I feel like a lot of the conflict in the story isn't so much about Saitama fighting other people or it's not about physical strength but a lot of the conflict, it, to me, it seems to come from the fact that Saitama is just not recognized for being one of the strongest guys. We, the audience, know. And a few select characters who just happen to be at the right place and at the right time to see Saitama in action, they are the ones who realize, and we realize how powerful Saitama is. But a lot of the story runs on this misunderstanding where the rest of humanity doesn't understand Saitama 
They look down on him. They despise him. They a lot of the most of the other heroes, except for a very few, they they don't understand him. And a lot, I think, a lot of that drives the story because we, as the audience, we want to see Saitama being recognized for who he is and for his strength, but we don't see that. And I think that's a a lot of tension in the story. I'm I'm just curious. Do you think Saitama will ever be recognized by the majority, by those heroes? By humanity for who he truly is. Do you think his hero rank will continue going up? Do you think he'll ever reach like A rank, S rank? Do you think he'll reach like one of the top heroes and be recognized for his heroic deeds, for who he is? Or do you think he will always be misunderstood by everyone else? I think that's a very interesting question and I would say that at some point he probably will be recognized. Like, up until now, it was just, like, dumb luck in the sense that King happened to always be in that moment where, like, Saitama defeated the monsters and, like, he took the credit. But, like, at this point, I feel like it's shifting from people know that, like, he's strong, but they don't know, like, why. Or he's, like, mysterious to their view. Like, they feel like he's using some dirty trick. Like, whenever he fought in, like, the martial arts tournament, they're like, oh, you must have used a dirty trick. Like, you know, how how is he so strong? And they they don't, they can't accept or, like, fathom the fact that they were defeated by this guy that doesn't look strong at all. And, like, it's, I feel like a lot of people, like, they're, they're, the view is so close in a sense that they can't acknowledge that. And like, but like, I'm pretty sure at one point, like Saitama will come out and just defeat like one of the strongest monsters and everyone who might be there. But like, I think, um, then he might be acknowledged, but like, I, I don't know if that should be the end of like the comic where he finally, he's like, Oh, everyone knows he's, like, the strongest guy. You know, he's, you know, he's number one in S rank. And, you know, but, like, will that really fulfill Saitama? Because I feel like it won't in the sense that, like, he, he, I feel like in the sense he knows that he's the strongest. And that even if, I feel like if everyone, like, affirms that, then, like, he really doesn't have any purpose. Like, I feel like the reason why he's still doing, like, he's still a hero is because people don't acknowledge that. And, like, in the sense he kind of does want it like he doesn't well a lot a lot of it i do think a lot of his motivation is well i don't know if he really cares about being recognized a lot or not but i do think his a lot of his motivation comes just because he's a good person and because he wants to be a hero and because he wants to you know fight for people who cannot fight but um I, I'm also curious, remember in the Deep Sea King, when they're fighting there, and all the humans see him defeat the Deep Sea King, but there's that one asshole human who's like, oh, you know, look at all those heroes who fought against that Deep Sea King, they must have been super, super weak, um, or, or like, if that monster was able, if that monster was defeated by some C-rank hero, you know, basically, Saitama, if that, if that monster was defeated by... You know, that super weak-ass hero. Then all those other heroes who fought to sacrifice themselves to try to stop, you know, the hero, the villain, the monster. He, the, the, they must have been, you know, super weak or they must have been useless. He basically calls those, 
all those other heroes who fought against the monsters useless. Their sacrifice has no meaning. And he takes he takes away all that heroism and all those people who gave their lives to save this asshole dude who basically says, Oh, you know, they're they were all useless. What what weak what pointless heroes? And I feel like I feel like even if Saitama gets recognized, that there's always gonna, there's always those asshole humans in the world who doesn't want to recognize people for their greatness. Saitama's worked hard, he's trained hard, he's achieved what he has through hard work. But, you know, in the world, there are so many people who just don't want to recognize, who's not willing to recognize that, who wants to cut other people down. And I feel like maybe even if Saitama defeats a strong monster, even if a lot of people see him doing that, like you said, the heroes are going to doubt him, saying, oh, he must have cheated or used a dirty chick in some way. Or humanity will be like, human, the other humans around him will not recognize that or they'll undermine that greatness that he's achieved. I don't know. What do you think, Benjamin? I would, yeah, I really agree with that, what you're saying. And the, there's always going to be naysayers. You know, this is not for the manga, but like in real life too, that like, no matter like how much you try, no matter how much good you do, like people are still going to hate you. And like, people are going to say like, oh, you know, you're such fake. And you know, they're going to, they're going to be against you. But it's just, the important thing is like, keep going. That's what I would say. So you could kind of give that, you know, motivational thing to everyone. There you go. But that's really great, Benjamin. I agree. That's what makes Saitama a great character. Yeah. People, a lot of the heroes, a lot of the humans don't recognize him. They despise him. They don't like him. They think they think he's something other than he is. But he's he's willing to keep fighting for those humans. He's willing he doesn't give up in a way. Yeah. Uh you know, and there's a few and in, in those few people who are who see that, who recognize that, that yeah, like, like that bang, movement right up. Or like bang, yeah. Yeah, like all these there he has these few core friends who even though he might not think of them as friends, they are like friends and they recognize him and they support him. Yeah. And I think I think that's really important, like you're saying, is not to give up even when you're faced with adversity and when the major even if a majority of people have a negative opinion of you, yeah. That you're not supposed you shouldn't give up. And you should also treasure those friends and those family and yeah. those people yeah. who really support you. Definitely. Yeah. So, okay, interesting. Uh, let's let's go through a few more questions. Um, I guess connected to the fact that Saitama, you know, will anyone ever recognize him for ha- him having power? Do you think anyone will ever discover for King being weak or that King doesn't have power? I feel like that potentially might happen. Yeah. That like. I would, I feel like that would happen, but Saitama would be like, no, like he's, I feel like, like what, um, Saitama did with the, um, Deep Sea King, he would be like, he would, I think he would stand up for King. Yeah. Just like knowing, I think Saitama would kind of be like that. Yeah. See, I have a, I have a slight feeling that I, I, I might think that King might just never, like he will always be misunderstood. Maybe, Maybe. You know? Yeah. You know that King engine? I love it so much. <laughs> the yeah. King engine. It's really Everyone's hilarious. like, oh, the King engine is roaring. So yeah. tell, tell me, what is the King engine, Benjamin? <laughs> I, 
Well, it's basically him just being so scared, and, like, I mean, he explains it himself, that, like, it's, like, he he has, his heartbeat gets so loud when he's scared that other people can hear it, so it's kind of really funny, but... (laughs) (laughs) The King Engine, it's so, it's so funny, he becomes so scared, and there's, like, this menacing aura coming out of him, and all the villains and all the monsters who see him crap their pants because of how scary looking he is and like this menacing aura and the whole most awesome thing about the king engine or whatever they call it his this power the king engine is roaring is that people he's created such a reputation of being so strong like the villains just start making up scenarios in their head you know where king like well, the king is sitting, he stands up, they're like, oh shit, he's coming, wait, what is he going to do, what is he going to do, maybe I shouldn't attack him, maybe this is a trap, and they just read way too much into, like, every yeah. little thing that king does, it's amazing, I think, in a, I, as I said, it's one of the things that I like about king, I think he's a, I think he's a great hero, he's just so funny, and we all know that he's not strong, and yeah. he, inside, he's a scaredy cat. <laughs> Yeah. But he gets he just he just gets away with it. All the other villains think he's just super strong. Yeah, I feel the like King it's, Engine. It's funny that like at some points they're just like they don't even fight. They just think he's so strong, and they're like, "Oh, please, we'll stop. You know, we'll stop attacking humans. So please, and they just start begging. It's really funny. Yeah, they beg for mercy. Yeah, in a way, you know, I do hope King just no one ever discovers discovers King being weak. I think that's kind of what makes King so great. Is he yeah. knows he's weak. And, but, uh, he, he, he's, exactly, he, he's got, he can talk his way out of anything, and he's got this awesome aura, I guess, he's got this really scary face, not scary, it's even, it's a cool face, he's got, like, these three scars going through his eyes, and he's, like, he looks such, he looks such hard-boiled, he looks like such a hard-boiled, strong guy, and I think that's what makes his character so funny is that we know he's weak but just everyone misunderstanding like there's a time where he's he runs away from a monster and all the heroes are like oh he must have realized there's another monster or hero yeah, or villain yeah. somewhere else he he must be going to fight them and we, we need to take care of this monster and it's just like everyone just reads way too much into everything he does and says so it's just it's just great it's just great yeah, so it's that kind of comical there it's funny yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think that's also what makes this comic great too. Is that it? Just it's it's very comical. It it just doesn't take itself very seriously. Um, in in a way, it is very much such a good parody of all those heroes and in comics and manga out there right now, where the stakes are always like you know to save humanity or save the world or save whatever. But um, this very much parodies that, and it kind of makes fun of those, like, all those heroes who are just taking themselves way too seriously. Yeah. You know, Saitama, Saitama doesn't take himself seriously. No. He, he, he jokes around all the time, and I think that's what makes this One Punch Man so interesting, is because it's such a parody and such a comparison against, I guess, the whole, whole superhero genre in a whole, is that it just doesn't take it itself seriously. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So. Hmm. Oh, another interesting question. I think this also connects to Gato too. 
Do you think monsters, all monsters should be destroyed without mercy? Should they be killed without mercy? This is a question we were talking about before, but what do you think? I think it's... I think it goes into the realm of ethics. Like, I think it would relate to, like, you know, do you think, like, all criminals should, you know, that have, like, received capital punishment or, like, not? Like, should there be, like you know, a chance of redemption. And that's, that's a really difficult question, but, and like, I, I really don't know, but like, from what I think is that at least they should be here. I feel like, but like, you know, some, some monsters or villains might take that advantage and say that, Oh, you know, like, Oh, we're, we're, we're trying to be good. And then, you know, they might just stab them in the back. So like, that's why it's so difficult to say whether it should there should be, it has to be one way. It has to be like that all villains should be like, um, not killed immediately. Or it has to be all villains should be killed to like, not create those very difficult situations. But, but the whole thing though, is that there are these difficult situations because some villains, there are just monsters. They're born monsters their whole purpose in life is to kill humans, to eat humans, to destroy humans. And that's all they've ever done. There's no remorse. They're yeah. just they're just human eating machines kind of or hewing kill you know, that's all they do. There's no shred of humanity or goodness in them. And then there are other villains not just Gato, but there are other villains who you know who might have been a human or there's those shades of gray where those villains who might not have killed killed a human or who it's a minor crime, I guess. And again, I guess you're saying that you we can't have different standards. We can't say like I'll kill all the bad villain monsters and give like the not so bad monsters a chance because then the problem is going to be how do we judge? You know what is a bad villain that needs to be killed and what's a bad villain that needs to be given a second chance, too. It's just you, you kind of can't play God in that sense. Like, you just don't you just don't know. Like, it's really difficult in that sense. Yeah. And in many ways, a lot of the villains, the monsters... <sighs> They have a lot of justification, not justification, but they have pretty good reasons for attacking humans. Like the very first villain that comes out, Virus Man, he basically is born from like environmental destruction. He's saying like, look at how much, you know, you humans have destroyed Mother Earth. And I'm here to basically stop you guys from polluting the Earth or destroying the Earth further. And of course, he's a villain and he's a bad guy and, you know, he causes destruction in the town and things like that inside him and defeats him in one punch. But if you really listen to what he's saying, he does have, you can kind of agree with what some of the villains are saying because they, they point out a lot of the problems that humans have. A lot of the, not the evilness. Well, I guess the evilness or the bad things that humans do. Yeah. And in many ways, like they might be evil, but they have a good reason behind why they're doing that. Saving yeah. the world, for example. Yeah. And again, should those should those villains be killed? Should those monsters be killed mercilessly? Or should they be given a chance? It's 
It's it's interesting. Yeah. I think it's more of a rhetorical question that like. Yeah. It's just up to you in a sense, maybe. Yeah. Because that's kind of one of the things that the Monster Association kind of, in the beginning, they try to bargain with the heroes, so sh- the heroes, and they the monsters. Monster Association, they basically say, "Hey, we want to create, <laughs> we want to create a town or a place where monsters can live without being hunted down by heroes." Um, and you later on, you kind of find out those monsters were bad guys anyway, and they they were, they were kind of bullshitting. But still, like, gee, yeah, I don't know. Can monsters and humans live? Could good guys and villains live together? Uh, you know, in harmony. In a way, society kind of basically says no, because even in our current society today, the people we decide as good get to, you know, live in society, and the people we decide as bad, they don't get to live in society. We lock them away in jails. We separate them from society. We don't... It's not... Our society is not a place where good people and so-called bad people really live in harmony. We, we separate, we ostracize what we consider bad. And of course, we, even with society, even with these people we have deemed good, there's so many people who are bad and evil. And a lot of times they're a lot worse than the people who are in prisons. And, but in, yet in society, we've kind of said, we've kind of judged saying that, you know, either, oh, it's the safety for society, it's the safety for everyone else, or it's the safety for their own good. It's for, you know, we, we need to keep them, whatever, we make up, we say different things, but in the end of the day, we don't really give, how do you say, villains, we don't really give people who have done thing, bad things a chance. We, we, we still ostracize the good, we ostracize the bad, separate it from the good. I, I think that's a really good point, and why it's so difficult is, like, each person just has different standards, different morals, and they... That's why, like, there's no, like, absolute truth in that sense of that, you know, what is good, what is bad. And, like, it's really difficult to say what is good and what is bad. And it's really, like, people that you think were actually good in history are, like, turn out to be they've done terrible things. And people that we've always thought were, like, evil or, like, you know, really bad had done some good things. And then weighing those like which which is better it's really difficult to say mm-hmm. it is it is i guess it yeah these questions are there are no really good answers it, get, it really gets into those philosophical questions that you know different religions different ways of thinking they really try to tackle these answers these questions you know what is good what is evil how do we define that or how do we measure that it's a lot of, in a sense, this manga does tackle these questions in a roundabout way. It's it's very interesting, and I, as you've pointed out, I don't think there are any any good answers. Um, ah, another interesting thing: Do you think Saitama will ever stop being a hero? Because we see him many many times question his his drive to keep being a hero because. He doesn't have that conflict. He's so bored. There's a chap. There's a point 
um, I, I think it was 69, 70, somewhere where he's walking with King and he's asking him, you know, I'm not sure if I want to keep being a hero anymore. And King, you know, gives him a rousing speech and motivates him to keep going, to keep fighting for the greater good, to, you know, what it truly means to be a hero. Um, which kind of pisses Saitama off because he also knows that hero King is kind of a fraud. He's like, oh, you of all people, why are you giving me the speech of what it means to be a hero when you're... But, you know, he, he, he listens to it and he, he, he keeps going. But he's constantly battling... He's battling these negative opinions of other people. He's battling his motivation to keep going, his boredness, his tediousness. He's... Uh, do you think Saitama will ever stop being a hero that he might just quit for one day, hang the cape up? I feel like you brought up many interesting points. Um, and one thing I thought that I feel like he, if the writer, of course it's up to the writer, but like, I feel like at one point he might put up the cape, but like, I don't think that will stop him from doing good or like, you know, helping other people. Like, there might come a situation where he can't, you know, he can't be a hero. Like, you know, they might kick him out of the Hero Association or, like, you know, people throw stones at him. But, like, I really think that even if those situations come, like, Saitama really does question that. But, like, at the sense, like, he is very consistent and very... He has this really concrete that... He questions why he does... Why he's a hero, but he does want to help people. That's, like, his fundamentals. And, like, I feel like he, it might, he might quit, but, like, he he won't quit being himself and helping other people, so. that That's, you bring up a really good point. I didn't really think about it that way, too. But you don't have to, he, you know, he, in many ways, he didn't have the hero, the label of hero before, and he was already helping people. So... And you, you bring, yeah, I, I didn't really think of it that way. Even if that hero or that label of, oh, hero or whatnot gets taken away from him, he, as long as, I guess, he is a fundamentally good person, no matter where he is, no matter how strong or weak, no matter what happens to him, I think he will keep trying his best to save people, to help people. That's something I didn't really realize, but that's true. It maybe. Being a, in many ways, I guess being a hero to him doesn't. It doesn't matter whether he's a hero or not. I, I think that like we kind of say that there isn't. You know, he doesn't have any like con- confliction, and you know, there's no like um, adversary in his in his view against him. But I feel like he has to fight that thought of like why he why he's a hero and like the people. You know his enemies isn't always the villains. It could be, like, the people around him. So in that sense, like, the story does, like, some might say it's boring because he always defeats his opponent with one punch, but I think it's not just a fact of one punch. It's, like, really deeper in the sense that, like, that he's really struggling with that, too, that the sense that he's too strong and, you know, he's, like, in a sense, like, there's this apathy in him, like, he doesn't want to do it because he's so strong and, like, he's kind of bored in the sense that, like, he's he's so strong. Like, I don't want people, like, you know, climb up, you know, the mountain and, you know, be successful and, you know, they're on the top. They look back down and, you know, 
some people might just be like, you know, oh, I've reached the top. That's great. But when I look around, there's like nothing around me. Or like, it is kind of in a sense like <sighs> empty. Some might say you said empty. emptiness in a way. You've gotten to the top, but it feels maybe you thought that you, if you became super rich, it might give you meaning. Maybe if you thought that you became super famous, it might give you meaning. Maybe if you thought you became the best at whatever it is, whether it's basketball or swimming or ballet, that when you reach that pinnacle, that some meaning will be achieved. But oh, I guess there are those people who kind of realize that they were chasing after something different. And then they, they go through a similar struggle of Saitama too. It's like, okay, if, and when I became, when I gained Saitama in this case, you know, I've gained strength. What do I do now? What do I do next? Um, so yeah, that's really interesting. So I guess this episode's gotten pretty long. I think we can close, uh, close off pretty soon. Uh, towards the end, why don't we talk about some of just the funny scenes that we saw throughout the manga, um, that are awesome. So I'll, I'll start with one. You de- so in the second, in the first season, we don't really know what Saitama's hero name is. But in the second season, we find out, that, um, Genos gets a super cool name. Uh, he what he gets a double cyborg or something like that, and then Saitama's hero name is Baldy Cape. <laughs> it's so it's so good. You, you know, of course Saitama he's so sensitive about being bald, and it just it's just so good. And everyone else has such awesome hero names, and he's uh, he's just Baldy Cape. <laughs> Yeah, that's what, that's what, I really like that. Part. I could have cracked up in that. Um, another yeah, f- really funny yeah. thing that I thought was like every time Garo faces Saitama, it's just like you know Garo's like, oh, there's a hero there. I need to you know beat him up, and you know I'm strong. And then Saitama's just like, what are you doing? And he just smacks him down. And it's just like I feel like you, it was building up with Garo. You know, he's fighting all these heroes. He's getting stronger, but like he lose, he sometimes loses. And you know, you're reading from Garo, and then. Saitama out of nowhere just comes out and just like whacks him down and it's just it's re- it's really funny um yeah yeah two or th- because two or three times it, it happens several times and he, and the funny thing too is that Garo he's like knocked out unconscious and then he wakes up and he was like what the heck happened I can't what why I I don't remember like there was a time where he was he was super tired and he meets Saitama and he gets beat up and he wakes up the next morning. He's like, I can't remember what happened last night. What, what the heck? <laughs> and I guess in a way, that's why he keeps like fighting against Saitama. Like sometimes it's an accident. He just bumps into Saitama and Saitama just whack. Or like there's that time where like Garo runs away from a restaurant without paying for the yeah, food. That's right, that's right. <laughs> and, and then Saitama shows up and he's like, he catches, he catches you know, Gato, it beats him with one punch. But the whole point that Sa- the whole reason that Saitama even found him in the first place is that he himself was also in that restaurant. Yeah. He just happened to be in the same restaurant and also happened to not have money to pay for it. So he re- he pretends to be a hero and chases after Gato when in reality he's just trying to cover up the fact that he also ate food and ran yeah, away without paying. Yeah, he's really petty and it's really funny. That's yeah, it. It, it is funny. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting later on when Gato and Saitama like finally face each other with full strength, in a way, and see to see what happens. Um, oh, another funny scene. 
uh, is Sonic. Sonic, he keeps coming back every so often just to remind you that he exists. Yeah. But, um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, like, every so often he, like, shows up and he's like, I've trained, I've become stronger, Saitama, I'll defeat you now. And then, you know, you have all these epic fights with Sonic, I mean, Genos and Sonic, and you're like, oh, wow, this is so cool. And then Saitama shows up and he's like, hey, what are you guys doing? You know, stop, you know, stop making all this mess in front of my house and he just whacks him and I thought it was really funny like this time he was like he just like does he just like he doesn't even like touch him in that sense he just like walks past him and he just like you know <laughs> he blows him away and it's just really, really funny um, every time Sonic comes out yeah. it's just it's really funny yeah or the other scene where where he's given a chance to become a monster and if he becomes a monster he becomes super super strong and he's wondering, He at first he's like, oh, I don't need a monster to beat Saitama, I can keep training. But then he's real, he starts thinking, he's like, oh, whatever, if I become a monster, if I can beat Saitama, then it's worth it. So he tries to become a monster and he eats, so to become a monster, you need to eat like a, like this, what, what was it, like a monster heart or something like that? Yeah, I can't remember. Like, like a mon- monster for, monster, uh, monster fruit or like something some kind like of meat that... Monster, for, yeah, something that turns you into a monster, and yet the whole point of it is that you have to eat it just as it is. But he takes it home like a chef, and he starts cutting it up. You know, he's got a nice wine. He puts all the sauce, and he cooks it, and he starts eating it. He's like, oh, oh, don't wait, wait, don't, don't you like leave me behind, side so don't. Just you wait. I'm gonna become a monster. And, like, he cooked it, so he totally ruined the thing. Yeah, and then he yeah. also got, like, diarrhea, too, afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that was really, really good. Yeah. Any other funny scenes that you remember from this time around? Well, um... I, I thought it was interesting when he enters the uh, martial arts tournaments, and he's just, like... Again, it's, uh, you know, the one punch, but, like, all he cares about is his wig. And, like, the whole thing, everyone thinks they're, like, oh, he's, you know, oh, he's, he's, like, so scared, like, he can't move, you know, everyone's too strong, and, you know, like, his adversaries are too powerful, he can't, he can't even move, but he's actually just trying, like, to hold his head so his, like, wig doesn't come off. Yeah, so he shows up to the tournament in disguise because he's supposed to be some other guy, and he chooses, like, the weirdest wig in the world, and it's just sitting, it's like flapping on top of his head. It's going to fall off at any moment, you know? But he's just like, you know, using his hand to hold it down the whole time. <laughs> and he's fine. He keeps defeating everyone with one punch while holding down that wig, too. So, yeah. Another funny scene is there's that moment where, like, Saitama's at his home. And basically all his friends are there, even though he doesn't consider him friends. But... Like, Genos is there, Genos' creator, um, uh, was it Dr. Xeno, I think? Or was it? Something like that. And then Bang is there, Bang's brother is there, King is there, Fubuki is there, and Saitama keeps, is like, oh, get out of my house, why are you here? But everyone brings a hot pot, and, you know, they bring expensive meat, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can stay here, yeah? <laughs> It's, he's just he's just like whenever he sees something like he wants he's like oh sure 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 and all that yeah 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 in in many ways like you're saying he's so petty and he's so materialistic the moment he sees like you know <laughs> 
he sees the nice expensive meat. He's like, oh, no, never mind. You guys can stay here. And then what happens to... Oh, go ahead. No, like, remember in the first season when Genos is like, I'm going to live with you. And he's like, hell no, you know, you're not going to be living with me. And the second Genos, like, puts this stack of money, he's like, oh, you could see it. Did you bring your toothbrush? And he's like, it's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> it is, it is. It's that comic, it's that comic gap of Saito. He's super sharp, but in many ways, he's so petty. And then there's, like, that fight, too, where, like, when they're eating the hot pot, because all these, like, S-rank heroes and super strong and smart heroes are all around with Saitama, and when they're eating that hot, hot pot, it becomes such a crazy thing. They're all fighting over the meat and the tofu and the vegetables, and Saitama's like, oh, this is not a hot pot without the cabbage, and someone takes all the cabbage, and <laughs> he gets super pissed, and it was just a funny scene. It was where, in a way, you know, he never admits that they're his friends, but they're 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 really good friends with him. They're like they're a really good gang group. So it's kind of it's kind of funny. It's always funny when they get together and do stuff. So, yeah, yeah. All right, I think that's it for this episode, Benjamin. Is there anything else that we should have talked about? I think. I think we're great. Um, I think we talked about many stuff and deep stuff. So I hope you enjoy some of it, and um, I hope you. Come back next week to listen to our next episode of Tachiomi Podcast. Awesome. So, season two of One Punch Man is coming out uh, in 20, April 2019. So, that's coming up in half a year. People uh, who have not read the manga yet, look forward to it. It's going to be great. Uh, if you've listened to this far, probably it means you, <laughs> you didn't mind having a few spoilers of what's going to happen. But in the in many sense, the manga too. We don't know where we're not quite sure how this ending is gonna happen between Garo and the Monster Association and the heroes. I mean, we kind of know that Saitama is gonna show up and beat everyone, but it's interesting nonetheless how it's gonna get to that point. What's gonna happen to the heroes? So in many ways, this is very interesting. We're excited to see how this ends, as well. Um, yeah, so this it's great. Thank you for listening to this uh, episode. Uh, Benjamin, what are we doing next week? So what is the schedule? What's the spo- uh, schedule for next week? What will we be talking about? Okay, we, we usually keep it a secret so everyone you know, is more anticipated and all that. But next week, we are actually doing Ajin. We're going to be doing Ajin. So if you've never heard of that, well, you'll find out. Definitely check it out. So Ajin is, up until now, we've been focusing a lot on the masterpieces just a really good manga. Ajin is going to be the first in our series where we focus on hidden gems. Ones that are really good, really good manga and anime that people, not as many people know about. It's not quite as famous, but they're incredibly, incredibly good. Um, Ajin season one and season two, you can listen to it on, I'm sorry, you can watch it on Netflix. Uh, The manga is definitely out too. It's not completed, but you can go read that as well. It's very, very great manga. So uh, if you're interested, watch watch the anime on Netflix. I'll read the manga by the next episode and we can talk about it. So, okay. I think that's it for this podcast. Thank you, Benjamin, for joining me on this podcast today. It was very fun talking with you. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I hope you have a wonderful week. Awesome. Sounds good. Okay, では皆さんまたね。さよなら。